1: Matt Butler I don't talk man. I back it up and we are song full of that man. Damn
0: right and Jeff Howe
2: it's still real to me damn it and that's the bottom line because Stone Gold said so
0: if you're gonna blitz come strong but don't come at all you know,
2: this week is a week that I usually say eh, I'm not that excited about it. And then when it gets here, I'm really excited about it. We got the end of the spring game to cover. End spring football's over. We got the spring game to cover this week. And the NFL draft is this week. We'll talk more draft next week after we figure out where these now lifetime longhorns are headed. Uh, as many as six could get taken this weekend. We'll talk a little bit about that, but a lot of spring game here on this latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with horns247.com. I am Jeff Howell let me bring in the rest of the team because we don't have a lot of time to waste. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire. No longer the man behind the glass, but the man that sits to my right here on the show. He is at the controls, and if it were not for him, this show would be terrible.
3: <laughs> Matt Butler. <laughs> Matt, what's going on, man? Well, thank you very much for the compliments, but enjoyed the uh, weekend. Got to go see Willie Nelson this weekend, which was man. awesome. And he got, he uh, sung guys to Texas for the whole crowd. It was pretty cool. So, so I heard. Weekend, huh? Yeah. He was in get town, Whitewater Amphitheater. Did you get
4: a video of that?
3: Yes, it's on Check okay. Butler and Austin Instagram, no. and you can watch the full minute of Willie singing oh. Eyes of Texas. Okay,
4: that's all I want to know. Yes. I'm on it right now.
3: But I'm doing well to answer your question, other than a damn sinus infection, but that's sort of par for the course. Yeah, I believe we're all day-to-day in that regard. see, <laughs> uh, <laughs> A man who is day-to-day,
2: he, he enjoys him some Willie Nelson because he's that cultured. Uh, he's our renaissance man here on the show. He's also our lockdown corner, lifetime longhorn, 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semi-finalist for the Jeff Thorpe Award. Fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with Giants, Lions Bears, Bucks Broncos and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, he got himself back to Austin, Texas, at a forty acres where he earned his degree. If he knew where his T ring was, he would wear it proudly. I'm sure. <laughs> Nevertheless, he's a card carrying member of DBU, number twenty one in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers and Thank Rod. Intro, brother. Um, I want to go back because this is it. Fifteen years ago, yeah, you were selected in the fourth round, hundred twenty third overall, brother, by the New York Football Giants. What do you remember you. about just the draft process?
4: Uh, uh, well, I watched most of the draft, and like every player who's not drafted, I don't know, in the top 15, you grow frustrated with the draft. You know what I mean? Like, did, it, it's like basically, if you're not drafted in like, the top 10, everybody's like, man, I watched the draft, and it was, it was, it was, it tormented me to see right. all these guys drafted above me. It's like, well, actually, now every player has that same experience. Right? You yeah. know what I mean? So <laughs> that's just the way it goes, unless you're one of the high draft picks. So, yeah, I felt disrespected because I saw all these cornerbacks going drafted before me. I thought I was better then. And uh, in the fourth round, I want to say, I stopped watching for a while and I got a call from a New York number was the Giants uh, they hit me up and said hey we're drafting you and I was like alright I'll go check it out <laughs> I'll go watch the TV I was watching it in my room at home by myself because I had grown a little frustrated with the process because they don't know where you're going to be drafted they right. say they told me third you know to like fifth round I mean, so you're talking 100 to... pick range yeah and I'm like <laughs> right, man two I days mean, like I, I, I thought that was too low everybody thinks being drafted too low—that's one kind of the things that makes right. you a great competitor.
3: And that was back whenever it was just the two-day draft. Whenever, so then know, you didn't. Right? Yeah, third now, round was a big deal, and then you yeah. had to sleep on it all night. Yeah, it now it's Thursday,
4: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Back <laughs> in my yeah. day, we only drafted for two days. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's a great well, point. do you remember what did you wear on draft day? Because we have like a I didn't encyclopedic wear anything. I knowledge, so I no like rich white man it. hat no, had man, been retired like that. I yes. wanted
4: to be low key because I was humble about the process. I, like I it. had enough people tell me that had enough nightmare stories from other guys who thought they were going to get drafted mm-hmm. this place and, and they dropped in the draft to know just go home and hang out with their family and watch it you know what I mean but I was still hoping I would get drafted higher of course uh, but now looking back at it there were so many great players drafted behind me mm-hmm. but yeah. like why the hell did they draft me there that's crazy you know I mean? now looking back at my career I'm like that was stupid they shouldn't have drafted me that high you know what I mean so the, the draft is just a, it is basically a lottery nobody has any idea who is going to work out that's the whole point of it and and. and in a lottery, the only way you can win a lottery is to buy lottery tickets. The more lottery tickets you buy, the higher your chances for success. That's the NFL draft. That's why you want to stockpile picks. It's why the Cleveland Browns own this draft. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's all about how many picks you have. Nobody has any idea who's going to work out. You think, Asante Samuel was drafted behind me. You think they figured out, all right, baby, this is a better player than Asante Samuel. Actually, Chandler. he was
2: three picks
3: before
4: you. Oh, he's three picks before me. Okay, sorry, yeah, Asante Samuel. Three picks before well, me. You're like yeah, one, right. You were
3: 123 just uh, a few years before yeah, Tom so, Brady was 199.
4: Yeah, so it's, it's one of those things. It's just a freaking toss-up. You have no idea. So many factors. Mm -hmm. There are more factors that contribute to players um, underachieving than the factors that will contribute to success. I mean, there's more going against those players who are being drafted than are helping them boost them to success. So you just have no idea, right? We're going to have six players, six quarterbacks potentially drafted in this draft. Chances are only two of those guys will work out.
3: And it's only because of the desperation with the position, knowing how key it is, so that position is going to be overdressed which will cause exactly. then other ones to be to underdrafted. In draft. Yeah. And it, it all sort of creates itself that you you put it the best way with the analogy of it being the lottery the tickets. Lottery. And if you can go and find yourself a three-year pocket where you can saturate that the same way for all the way back to the, you know, Jimmy Johnson Cowboys to what you see the tanking teams do now, at least you can get that number and build that core real quick. It's like getting a top recruiting class in theory.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Rod, do you realize you were part of a draft for the Giants that re- helped them win a Super Bowl a few years later? And kicked uh, out a white
4: corner. This is true. They had to the, DT- the 2000, yeah. The first, their first
2: round pick was a bust. Got Willie Joseph, who was yeah, a really good defensive Miami, lineman out of Miami. D-tackle,
4: yeah, that was a bust.
2: Second round pick, Osi Umanura. Osi was a beast. Third round pick was Vasante Shanko, who ended up being a really a- good tight, tight end in, in. in <laughs> the league. Yep. I, I forgot about Visante, that dude. Good Rod dude. B, you go in the fourth round. Yeah. David Deal, taken in the fifth round, O-line, and played for yeah, David them for Dill a long time. Isn't yeah, he I the
3: son-in-law, or is that Snee? I think that's Coughlin. Yeah. And then
2: you go down, look in the sixth round. David Tyree was in the same Giants draft class I
4: remember David Tyree took me to get my... My first haircut with the Giants <laughs> took me to Jersey uh, to get a yeah, haircut, and me, me and David Tyree hung out a ton. Had that's a good, awesome. time. Really? He was a good dude. Man. So, yeah, what was yeah.
3: your reaction when um, you saw him do that against the Patriots with the helmet on the hat? Like uh, we're you like, my God, that's
4: Tyree! It was, it, it's it's kind of really does embody and epitomize his draft status yeah. and his career and everything. It's perfect. It was just you know, I'm not saying it was dumb luck, but it was that one play that he was the best player on that play. Yeah. But is he going to be the Best player all throughout 60, 70 plays in a game? Probably right. not. But that one play, hmm. he was the best player. Preparation. Right. That up was the biggest play of the game. He's one of he's one of those, because he was out of the league, I think, in two years after that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the NFL in a nutshell. Like that is it. That's the draft in a nutshell. David Tyree, what your sixth round pick ends up being your Super Bowl hero. Oh, he's off the team in three years. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I gotta help you win a Super Bowl. Oh, he's off say, you know what I mean? That's just the that's the way the NFL works. That's the yeah. draft, that's all of it.
2: One other thing on the draft rod, I want to find the quote here here if i can find it uh i found a story from the new york daily news your draft weekend Hmm. and uh it was ernie of talking about the draft pick gotta find this i'm trying to see uh yeah okay this is uh on rod i just want to read rundown what they said about you when you were picked uh this is roderick (laughs) babers cornerback from texas vitals 5'9 192 why him with jason seahorn gone the giants won competition for ralph brown at nickelback a little small i
4: remember ralph Ralph. brown yeah A a little Sounds small, like a, fake football player. a little small,
2: but makes up for it with good speed. And this is Ernie Acorsi's quote on you, Rod, when he drafted you. The only thing that kept Babers from being a higher pick is his height. He's got everything else.
4: Yeah, there you go. No, no, that, no. I I, uh, I agree with that actually. Hmm? Uh, but yeah, you just never know. Like the injuries that you know, all that kind of stuff. Like you just never know how somebody's career is going right. to work out. So but blame gravity. I still feel bad about Jason Seahorn being the last white cornerback, and they drafted me to you replace made something him. go extinct I was not of. And gave you his big, I was. I don't think I was worthy of the total. Like you know, yeah. You know, basically, the uh, <laughs> the extinction of the white cornerback. That's one of the coolest. That. You can win that bar bet. Guy, they've been like, man, that guy was drafted in the white cornerback. was dead. Like the Rod Babers was drafted to basically lead to the extinction of the white. Cornerback. Like if Asante
2: Samuel falls to the Giants and they take him, then it's it's cool. Okay. You know what I mean
4: yeah, exactly. But Rod <laughs> Babers like that guy. I, I disappeared too. The white cornerback should still be alive. Yeah, you me. literally could and go I to bars <laughs>
3: across the. I country. Country
4: and just say I'm the reason
3: that the white I cornerbacks can't. went extinct,
4: I and them. nobody like, will believe you. It'll think think, about, think you're, you're a crazy person. Think about in the the, pol- the, the politically polarizing uh, environment we live in today. I go out there with that, that and I become known for that. Then I got to pick a side. You know, what I mean? Yeah. You know okay. what I mean? There you go. Um, I'm the reason. Let's do Black white corners matter too. White corners go. matter. They all all cornerbacks uh, matter. Is any yeah, other position right. extinct? There's one black punter <laughs> still. So and
3: when one black punter, when, when like, Marcus like, King goes away, yeah. then True. There may be that extinction be in trouble Uh yeah It
4: was
2: Reggie Roby For Maybe Long Reggie Robey the only yeah. guy Yeah
4: Black punter That's a great game Black yeah. punters White cornerbacks <laughs> like, you just, you just name, Try you, know, you give out like Certain like I uh, think we've already about him, And you're like Ooh uh, I don't even uh, know uh, Tom Landry Like yeah. I don't even know Where to go back to the 60s and Yeah his, like Landry like, To go man. back to the white quarterbacks
3: Reggie Roby was awesome And I don't think there are Any other black punters I'm sorry Reggie Roby was awesome
2: In Tecmo Super Bowl Whenever you did have to punt In that game Good point Rod, I want to talk about the draft real quick. Don't want to spend too much time on it. Uh, You start looking at the projections. It seems like everything is starting to make sense in terms of where these guys are going to go. Uh, Connor Williams, late first, early second round, seems to really be the projection for him right now. Mm -hmm. We've talked about it mostly because teams don't know if he's a tackle, is he a guard. When I talked to Mike Mayock at Pro Day, he said, look, it just depends on who drafts him, but whoever drafts him is getting a a versatile chess piece that can fill any of those five positions for you up front. Malik Jefferson's grade or where he's not great, but the the projection for him, it sounds like anywhere from like late second to maybe early fourth. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of all over the board from Malik Jefferson. Deshaun Elliott really seemed to be in that fourth-round range. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. The Dallas Cowboys, and I say this as an unabashed Cowboys fan, by there the end go. of the weekend could end up with a Texas Longhorn in their safety room. Rumor is they really like Deshaun Elliott in the fourth round to possibly yeah. draft him. And there's also plenty of rumor and innuendo coming out of the Metroplex that the Cowboys yeah. are trying to swing a
4: deal mm-hmm. with the Seahawks yeah. to get Earl Thomas. Yeah, I saw oh, yeah. that. Yeah, I did see the Earl Thomas thing. My been out there for a while. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to pay. Earl Thomas wants to be the highest paid safety in the NFL, and he also, you know, he yeah. when that he wants that brand new contract. Earl Thomas is approaching 29, is I think he, he is like, 29. He is 29 right now. 30. Yes, it'd be a very right. Jerry
3: Jonesy deal. 2007.
4: It would be. I, I still think Earl Thomas is a top three safety in the league. So it yeah. actually you're still getting the deal, but do you want how much you're going to pay for the do you future? Pay for potential, or yeah, are you paying for performance and production right now? Right. Which one you of you things Jerry? Jones has got to figure out. You just invested in the secondary last year with a ton of picks. You drafted Shadobe Awuza. You drafted him. You drafted Jordan Lewis. You drafted Xavier Woods. All those guys actually have been huge for you. Just picked up Byron
2: Jones' fifth-year option. And then
4: he's going to play cornerback. Now they're going to move him. So you do need safety help, but is it better to just draft a young safety like you did last year? Cheaper, uh, more affordable rather than go sign Earl Thomas to being, and give up draft capital Mm -hmm. to make Earl Thomas the highest paid safety in the league. And it sounds like if he's that final piece, and if
3: Piece, that final piece to tie it together, you could see maybe understanding, maybe overpaying for... Yeah, you're still figuring what,
4: your secondary out. You exactly. just moved Byron Jones back to cornerback. So
3: right now, I don't know how well it just would Just got a new fit.
4: DB coach in Chris Richard. Yep. And it sounds, like, it sounds like for the reason you mentioned,
2: Rod, because the, the word is Earl Thomas wants Eric Berry money. Um, oh, yeah,
4: he wants to be the highest-paid safety uh, in the league. The Definitely.
2: Cowboys might, because of salary cap structure, they might have to look at giving up draft now, picks next year Now here's the, thing.
4: Word. Here's, and here's, the under, here's the work. That's Here's the storyline, like the down little storyline about that. Is... Rod Marinelli going to be the defensive coordinator next year and the year after? Yeah, because if I he's not, I, the world on the street is Chris Richard is going to get that duty as the defensive coordinator. Now, it is he going to change the defensive uh, blueprint and change the entire uh, defensive strategy? And if he does, maybe he's saying, hey, I want Earl Thomas. Because if, if I can have Earl Thomas, he is the key piece to me giving you uh, a, a replicating to what the Seattle Seahawks did right. in a defense. I can do that if I have that invaluable piece, a guy with the most range of any safety in the league. You give me that, I'll give you Seattle Seahawks defense from, you know, 2013, 14, that kind of thing. Right. When they're in their prime. So that's I think that's what they're going. If that is if Earl Thomas comes, I think that is the case. That Rod Marinelli, this is his last year, maybe he's on his way out.
2: So we'll see if one yeah, of sister. those, if Earl Thomas or Deshaun Elliott, if one of those guys is yeah. uh, with the Cowboys by the end of the weekend. Um, Puna Ford, Rod, right, it sounds like he's definitely going to get drafted anywhere from like late fifth to the sixth round. Yeah. For Puna Ford. He deserves. Uh, Michael Dick, Likely to get taken somewhere. I've seen mocks have him going as high as the early fourth round. Nice. Um, Maybe one twenty-three. Yeah, he's the
4: best punter in the country. He's the best punter in that college football it's, I've it's seen. The last.
2: Five years.
3: Gonna, I was about to say he's like one of the yeah. best punting prospects you've ever seen. Exactly. Like when you like add his team, athleticism in there,
2: it's going to be a team that uh, a has a punter need and b has a lot of draft picks probably on that third day. If you've got like multiple fours, multiple fives, you can go. You can go spend one on a punter. And yeah. the latest mock I saw had Michael Dixon going to the. Race Ravens, which would be nice with Michael Dixon and Justin mm. Tucker handling the kicking.
4: Well, that game makes sense. Baltimore. Yes, John Harbaugh's a special teams coach, right? Exactly. You know I mean? And
3: Tucker and Dorse, yeah, that'd be awesome yeah, to know. see them two together like right? that. That' pretty insane. But when you look at just like where he could end up landing a spot, actually, I think that when you look at most rosters, you might not even need a punter for him because he's a guy that's going to come in on that rookie contract. Even though it will be a higher scale for a punter, mm-hmm. it's still bare bones cheap in way that we saw him flip the field position. If pros think that he can do the same thing in I mean that's one of the most yep. undervalued areas if you look in in the entire it's, it's, NFL. Yeah, so you're yardage, getting 10 to yeah. 20 yards you know yeah. difference from you and some replacement yeah. punter the same way you have a wins above replacement Agreed. in baseball. If you do that with punting yeah. man Dixon he could go, come in and be as impactful
4: of a punter in the entire league. And it can immediate impact. Yes. Now, now again, you and he's getting, getting paid got got a rookie contract like so yeah. then you're getting rid of yeah. some old I punter. Yeah. I would definitely. If I have a good defense I'm rolling the dice on that dude. Yeah. If i got to roll the dice. And you zone. don't have a, sp- right. like, you, you, you're you
3: at a landing spot yeah. where nobody else stands out. It's like, no, that's a good position. That's where good teams just take the best available for the upgrade. The Real upgrade. quick,
2: because we got to get to the spring game. Rod, the guy whose projection seems to be all over the map is Holton Hill, yeah. because scouts and front office guys, love it. aside from the red flags, they are intrigued by the natural ability. Yep. Everybody, you know, you read Mike Mayock or Todd McShay oh, or whatever. Everybody's looking for long press corners in football now. Holton Hill, the fits the mold of what they're looking for. You know, I heard Todd McShay on a conference call last week say Holton Hill could sneak into the late second round if, somebody, if somebody falls in love I, with
4: him. I, I was talking to Shanahan this weekend. He was in town for the Mac Brown dedication and, you know, for Mac Brown celebrating going to the College Football Hall of Fame and all the guys were back in town. I talked to Shanahan about the draft for about 10 minutes. We don't talk a lot of ball. We hang out. We just kick it. But first name he brought up was Holton Hill. <laughs> and literally basically, you know, like I, you think? He, he basically see, he's like, yeah, decision that we would have to make is um, the risk because now we got a guy, Ruben Foster, who's Dealing with his own issues because we rolled the dice on him. Yeah, and, and Lynch those, is, yeah. Pr- those, you know, those charges are proven to be true, then we we might have to cut ties with him. We cut ties with him, then you know, we can't bring in another it would be tough mm. for us to justify a guy with known guy red flags. With yeah. known red flags, off the field issues, who also ends up, you know, making irresponsible decisions after we draft him. So he was like, Yeah, so now we it, it just throwing you throwing out there what teams are thinking about from their own perspective of drafting a guy like Cole Hill, he is high on a lot. That was the first name Shanahan mentioned, like, I brought up, I That's said, what yeah, about these long ones coming out? He's like, man, Houghton Hill, man. I'm upset he's got, you know, red flags out there because, you know, and he, then he brought up Ruin Faust and started going off about that. So I, I do, I think that a lot of, I think you may be, other than Connor Williams, there are probably more teams interested in Houghton Hill than any other prospect coming out from the yeah. 40 acres.
2: Yeah, and, and Rod, yeah. you've said it and for a long, you said it for a long time now because, obviously, you being a Lamar guy, you've known about Houghton Hill for yeah. a long time, but the comparisons to Richard Sherman have been there since he was in high school. Since and, he was coming out of high school. People C. were making that comparison you know he ran like right i think it was man you want to you yeah. might want to pull this up mm-hmm. i think his 40 time with the combine was right around like it was four or five flat or four four nine right, right.
4: richard sherman's orders. and at yeah. his
2: size with his length that's right
4: that's, that's right that's sweet four. spot oh, I yeah actually that's a, that's that. a mid four, four you
3: were out and i compared richard's measurables to okay him on that podcast and they, the they combine, were right there. they had
4: him at a four four nine I think four four nine yeah at a four, four, so, nine, a four five one or something yeah like that. so it's it's four, right four nine official yeah so that's a as he is, that four four nine turns into a four four five. Right, like you know, what I mean, just so you know how scouts think.
2: So it, it wouldn't be a sh- it, it wouldn't be a complete yes. shock to see Holton Hill go on day two, even though the red flags might suggest that he's probably a day three.
4: Because the red flag is marijuana, and let's be honest about this too: the national conversation about marijuana has changed. All right, well, so and I was have just about to ask when Shanahan s- brought yeah, that up. You when ten when states that have record, California is one of them. All right, that have recreational marijuana that is legal, and others who have, mid- I think, twenty is it 28? Something like that. I don't know. Medicinal marijuana legal. So the conversation about marijuana is not as stigmatized as it used to be. Right. So I think that will help Houghton Hill because oh, the world yeah. in the street is the reason he was spending is because he would feel marijuana test. But he's still irresponsible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't that's what I brought, talked about mm-hmm. with Shannon. I was like, yeah, he's still irresponsible mm-hmm. because, hey, yes, even though we not we don't view marijuana as as negatively as we used to as a country, we still have laws in place and rules in place you that you to need to follow. Yeah. And he wasn't he was un- willing to follow those because he put marijuana maybe above his team if that is all true allegedly whatever Mm, yeah all right
2: so that's the point before we move on more pertinent rod would probably be when the next cba is up where does that fall because that's one thing you hear is is that's going to be it's going to be on the table at least. it is
4: and you know what the the owners are so brilliant because they're going to bring that up they're going to use that as one of the chips to play in the negotiation when it really shouldn't be right what really should be is long-term health care more guaranteed contract more guaranteed money within the contracts. that's should be what's really on the table, but the owners are so be Like, you guys want to smoke some weed? <laughs> we may take it out. You know what I mean? Like, that's gonna be like the big thing. <laughs> right, it's gonna be, right. Oh, really? And the guys are gonna go, yeah, we want to smoke some. Weed. And you know what? It's good for the guys because it. I heard a head coach tell me he would rather his guys smoke weed than drink alcohol all the time. Like yeah. He said rather than yep. any day of the week.
2: All right. Coming up next, we're gonna talk about the Texas spring game recap. That go over highs and lows as we break down the end of spring football in 2018. we <laughs> are listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns, 24 seven.
0: This is Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Now, here is your host, Jeff Howe.
2: Let's okay. go ahead and talk spring game, and I didn't see anything that shocked me like negatively. Yeah, um, that's a I, great.
4: I'm glad you said it because I got this. I got a similar take.
2: I, I I think though, Rob, the one thing that that maybe impressed me more than anything is that when you consider the teams were split, and you consider you couldn't field a number one defense even if you wanted to with Chris Nelson, Gary Johnson, and PJ Locke, the central nervous system of your defense you not available to play. I was very pleased with the fact that this defense, and it shouldn't be a shock because I see them do so much fundamentals in practice with the cross the bow. Tackling's a big thing for Todd Orlando and coming to balance in space. Rod, this is a very good, fundamentally sound good tackling, hard-hitting defense at least from the sample we got in the spring. And I think if you're a Texas fan, if you take one thing from that game, that's what you take to the bank that, yes, regardless of the personnel,
4: that mentality, those attention to details on defense, that's going to carry over. I don't think we learned any in the spring game that we didn't already assume. Not yeah. one damn thing. Right. Offensive line, work in progress. Yep. Wide receiver, deepest position on the team mm-hmm. and probably the most talented position on the team If overall. everything clicks, if absolutely, If everything clicks, yes. right? Lil Jordan Humphrey, Colin Johnson, two guys basically we've said before, you got to find a way to get those guys the ball. They're the badasses of yep. the group, right? right? Lil Jordan Humphrey, you got to move him around. You got to put him in different places to, to, to maximize his skill set. Todd Herman says after the game, oh, sorry, Tom Herman, Todd Herman. Tom mm. Herman says after the game that, oh, you know what? Those guys, it should be Todd. Todd Herman. That mm. should be the new love, love man. Offense, defense, and Tom symbiotic. Herman. Todd Herman. Boom. That's when the Texas is gonna hit its pinnacle. All right. Mm-hmm. It's like Bran and all that kind of stuff. But my point is, we, we saw Lil Jordan Humphrey move around. We saw him in the slot, saw him outside, saw him in the backfield. Tom Herman says he's the most versatile offensive weapon I've ever had. You know what, Tom? I'm glad you realized that after the spring game. But the truth is, I knew it last year, mm-hmm. mid-season. And we've been talking about it on this show since last year mid-season. That's your most versatile piece, you should move him around. He can really make you multiple in a number of ways. Also, I like the tight end position. We talked about that, how that's going to be key as the uh, the bridge between the pro uh, pro concepts and the spread philosophy for his pro spread offense. And you saw Reese Laetow and, and Andrew Beck basically give Texas the ability to shift between 11 personnel, 10 personnel, and you put them out in the slot, uh, or 20 personnel, where you basically put that guy in the backfield as an H-back or whatever. Functional
2: that, pieces, end. You know what I mean?
4: You just move 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 them around, and boom! Instantly, you got a mismatch somewhere. You got to figure out where it is, but instantly, you got a mismatch somewhere. Uh, I saw that, so I'm starting to see some tent poles with the offense that I really like. We knew the running game was going to be bad, and it was bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, the running back is as uh, it probably is as bereft of talent as it's been since before Mac Brown. You got to go back Mm -hmm. to Mac Brown before you had a running back that is this (laughs) pre-Ricky void of explosive, dynamic talent. You know what I mean? Like maybe even Hodges (laughs) Mitchell
3: had some. Mitchell yeah, yeah, was a beast. What you maybe talking? pre. No, no, that's
4: was, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, he was
3: a beast. And pre go, Bucky
2: Godbolt on the 48ers. You, go you gotta go back
4: before Matt. You gotta go back before Mackovic. Before Ricky. Because Mackovic's backfields were loaded.
2: Bucky recruited some backs. Yeah. Priest
4: Holmes and. Sean Mitchell. Ricky Brown and Sean Mitchell and Ricky Williams. Oh, dude, Demoraine McGarity was in that damn backfield where they moved him out and had room for him. Those backfields were loaded. You gotta go <laughs> way but, way Butch back But Butch had, to like had not acres days. Maybe before you had a back. And acres are winning games. I don't know when you had a backfield. Yeah, didn't David have, McWilliams
2: had even had Eric Metcalf. Dude.
4: This backfield is—I'm sorry—it's the—it is the least talented position on the Forty Acres, and it ain't even close. Punter and kicker more talented than running back right now. It ain't even close. Yeah, I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. So that's partly what you're dealing with too. But we already knew that. Um, Defense—they're going to be great up front in the front seven. We already knew that. The defensive backs—they're going to be a a group that's so deep because now you got those youngsters coming in, and, and two of them were hurt, so we didn't get a chance to look at them. And PJ Locke was hurt too, and they still looked pretty damn good. Man, did you see their, the with four possible like guys in? the
2: out. Did you see the play BJ Foster made where he read that deep ball mm. and got from the middle of the field well, we to Michael the boundary? I thought about you.
4: Because I thought about Ooh. you your Michael Griffin comparison. It was exactly yeah, the Michael Griffin play USC. Like, like, and I brought that up on there. I was like my, my and Jeff, I already mentioned it. He's a Michael Griffin guy. That's Michael Griffin. So you had Devontae Davis in play, right? Devontae Davis was Anthony out. Anthony Cook was out.
2: Had a tight hamstring. Caden uh, Stearns was, was out. Stearns was and BJ Locker team. out.
4: Those are four guys you could argue are going to be your top seven or eight They're among. Best they're in DB, the mix, right? Right. Maybe your top eight best DBs. And and four of them were out. And that secondary, like, that secondary looks pretty damn good. Actually, I, up against the yeah. most the most, the, the most talented position, the deepest position uh, that Texas has right now in the wide receiver position. So, I, I don't know. I wasn't surprised at all. I mean, I was right. like, okay, this is exactly what I thought. They are who we thought they were. Yeah. Thank you, spring game. Yeah. Yeah. And
3: that's why, yeah. like, you just really look forward to seeing, like, how you talked about the battles you used to have with Roy Williams and wide receiver and corners. And then, like, that's true. when you get to see this field and see, like, oh, well, Lil' Jordan Humphrey, Colin Johnson, they look— Duvernay, at times you solve the tools that you see that make them elite. Yet, like you were saying, the DBs that aren't even maybe your best DBs were playing well against them. So it just intrigues me to see how that's going to grow over the next six months and where that goes. Right.
2: I, I want to read, go back to my spring game primer I posted last week on the site at horse247.com. I did a three things I know, three things I think column going I into the spring that game. One. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to go down the things I know. I know yeah. the offensive line will get better. It's a work in progress, but there's a lot of peak. Don't know Calvin Anderson, no Patrick Hudson. Um, it's gonna get better. The, re- take a snapshot of where it is right now, it's gonna be much better. And I think we all can see, but I, I wrote that the individual pieces have improved, and I think we saw that in certain spots. Herb you Hamm? could tell Denzel Okafor looked better. You could yeah. tell Derek Kerstetter's improved, Elijah yeah. Rodriguez has gotten better. You know, you still got a lot of work to do with the group as a whole, but it's getting better. Um, one of the other things I know if you're gonna watch one player, keep an eye on Malcolm Roach, and I think we all saw Malcolm Roach at 265 pounds or whatever, playing that rover position. Uh right, he's a difference maker, man. He's he man, completely he's a beast has the ability to completely change yeah. the outlook of your fronts based on the small sample we saw. Yeah. You know, Jeffrey McCullough had three sacks. Nobody, there's nobody in this program right now one-on-one that can block
4: Brecken Hager. Nope. Mm-hmm. Agreed.
2: In a scrimmage situation, yeah. nobody can handle it.
4: Yeah, he's feeling himself.
2: Um, yeah. The third thing I said that I know, I know the staff has a better handle on personnel tied in the wide receiver. I think we all clearly saw that with mm-hmm. how involved those guys. Here are the things I think. I think the quarterbacks are going to look better, but they won't blow anyone
4: away. Saturday night. That's exactly what happened. The quarterbacks, you can see improvement, away. but it's not yep. like, wow, we gotta a Heisman winner on our hands. No, it's no. We're confident those guys can both run the offense and make plays. There's yeah. a little worry yeah.
3: early in the game just with missing just in that first quarter a couple balls, but then it got better well, as it went on.
4: No, no, I'll agree with you. I think early on, if you want to be really nitpicky here, Sam Ellinger potentially threw a pick in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Chris Boyd just dropped it. Then Remember the deep that? two deep. So take it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, they yeah. Those it those with the fade. Uh, they missed yeah. deep balls. John Burt had two balls that were missed deep on mm-hmm. him. And Little Jordan Humphrey was over on that Chris Boyd breakup, but he was confident back, he you know, I mean he was he was actually beat, but he actually made a really good play on the ball because the ball was thrown too late. So there were four or five deep balls that Texas should have connected on. And when you think about what Texas offense is gonna be, you gotta have those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You gotta have those. You you can't afford to miss John Burke deep or little Jordan Humphrey deep. Those are gonna be the things you gotta cash in on those explosive plays. And you can't have turnovers. Well, when the Texas won a turnover margin last year, what were they six I and think four
2: and one when they four and one when they won the turnover battle? I think they were like one and, one and five six. without it. Or five. Yeah. Yeah, you
4: know what I mean? Something like that. There you go. you got to win the turnover margin. You can't have turnovers either. And, Sam, I think they fumbled a snap at one point. I know. I'm being nitpicky. But no, it's that's how Texas is going to be able to compete for the Big 12. They can't have those types of mistakes. They can't right. beat themselves.
3: The one great thing, though, from the quarterbacks, like when we were talking about those throws, all those throws, the issue was just the final execution of the throw. It wasn't as if they're seeing something wrong, no, making bad no, no, decisions. No, right. yeah. So, it's a huge step now. It's also worrisome that when somebody's open, you want to be able to have confidence that your guys and always hit an open guy so you would like to see something better than that but i would rather have that than the quarterback making bad decisions bad reads no that question. start off flawed than where you're at so that's a good side of seeing it this way so rob
2: the two other things that i wrote under the i think portion the running game will leave something to be desired mm-hmm. clearly yeah um and then the third thing was the january and will generate the most buzz following the game i don't know if that necessarily happened but what we it saw did. from bj foster um ryan beshevsky is a punter i think we can we see there's there's some signs there that he can make a difference in a field position game, it's not gonna It shouldn't be expected to be as consistent as Michael Dixon was. Because let's face it, it's probably the best punter any of us in here have ever seen. Yeah, no, <laughs>
4: I've
3: never seen one, I've okay, seen one better.
4: I I've ever seen one better than that. Yeah, I agree with you. College football. I mean, you're talking about one of the greatest punters of all time. We don't talk about punters, but that's the truth. And you, that resurrection if he was, story. If it was a running back that had accomplished what he accomplished, he we'd be you right. know, singing their praises. But it's a punter. It's like, oh yeah, he, uh, is anybody going to write an article at Horns twenty four seven about him being top ten greatest punters in the history of college football? No. Mm. Even be, though he but is, nobody's gonna bother right. to do the research. Yeah, no. <laughs> and w- Jeff, right. I
3: challenge you do the research and look how great he's gonna be remembered. Because the first month of yeah. Michael Dixon, <laughs> like, Hell, no, Texas that. fans wanted to kill him because of what happened at home. It was I what remember, Oklahoma yeah. State. Well, so, like Oklahoma decided to
4: run the foot. Yeah.
3: Well, you got a couple just bad brain farts and drop
4: punch or drop snaps. Yeah, but you and, know why the brain farts came? Because yeah. that was like his second year ever from America. Yes, <laughs> like, in ever. Texas like, in ever. a hundred like ever. We never played yeah. organized football. It just only punt it. from good And for we B-
3: talked about it at the time, just how amazing it was that you had this kid coming over just from Australia, and then here's a yeah. hundred thousand people yelling at you. Okay, so it's good for
2: the to get here in the spring and at least experience a game like yeah, situation yeah. before he punt uh, in a that game. But you know, you look at the other enrollees. Uh, I mentioned the play BJ Foster made. I thought Deli Aitawai made a made a nice yeah, statement for himself. So I mean, there's <laughs> this freshman class, man. It is a it is a really really talented group. Will you pronounce
4: that and name not even again? yet.
3: just because I <laughs> so I can maybe learn it. Delhi, uh, the,
2: the first name he just goes by Delhi. Just he goes, goes by Delhi.
3: That's easy. Okay. Delhi eight away. Eight away. Eight away. All right. Delhi eight away.
4: It sounds easy. Yeah. yeah it's like dog once dog you dog dog say ate something. Once you say Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yes. And you say it right for the first time. It's like, oh, actually, I can say it. And, and yeah, but oddly, you his, his teammate is Delhi. Yeah,
3: <laughs> you got true. Yeah.
2: Um, but uh, Rod, anything else stand out to you in the spring? And like I said, I just wanted to hit
4: the this week's been hitting kind of the highs, lows,
2: whatever. Anything good, bad, or indifferent. Stand out to you? In this
4: game. Uh, well, I mean, you got to figure out something with your running game. I mean, that's <laughs> to me the biggest project now. There were, like I said, there are te- things that I noticed that I think are staples in the pro spread offense. Look at that tight end position and how they want to really utilize it. Now, if they have Reese Laetal and Andrew Beck there, that's considered the strength of the team now. Go, go look at the, how they use those guys. Those guys were in the backfield. Those guys were flexed. Those guys were on the line of scrimmage. Those guys were out in the slot. Like they use those guys a lot. And you
2: get Cade Brewer back in the fall, Ooh, too. exactly.
4: Right? So, Tom Herman really, Which I heard Kate Brewer's about 250, 260. Now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. those guys, they look good like that. Like I, yeah. I was like, we say, I thought he was thinner than that. He's no, no, already, he's decades. He's thick, hmm. man. You know what I mean? So, it only
2: took a decade to fix the tight end position, but that's yeah, fine. Arrow's yeah,
4: yeah, finally like pointing up, like man. Uh, but that's what I like. I like that, that you know, that's uh, kind of a, a staple of the pro spread offense for Tom Herman. And he's going to make sure that he, you know, reinvigorates that position. That is the, as we pointed out, that is the connection between the pro. Right. And the spread. Bridges uh, the gap. Exactly. The quarterbacks, man, we got four quarterbacks, scholarship quarterbacks. It's been a while. I mean, it's been what 2012 was the last time you had four scholarship you know quarterbacks. The, you know the
2: last time you had four who the four were? If I if I'm mm-hmm. remembering this, right? Was it 2012? Connor well, there's been a couple times. You had 2012, it 2012, was seven. David, David Ash, Case McCoy, Connor Brewer, Jalen Overstreet. There you go. And hmm. then there was a time where you had four, and the four were Tyrone Swoops, Gerard Hurd, Kyle Loxley, Matthew Merritt.
4: Yeah. Now you have <laughs> you got first world problems at quarterback for a change.
2: You've, you've you know what I mean? You've upgraded just a little bit.
4: Yeah, you got first world problems. You got, you know, and that's why Tom Herman, I heard, I saw your tweet, He, you know, on the conference call, he won't announce who the starting quarterback is. Oh, I haven't even thought about who the starting quarterback's going to be. Oh, yeah, you've thought about it. Alright. Oh, about the worst kept secret in Austin, <laughs> Texas. that <laughs> like, figure oh, yeah, yeah, out. You don't know who the quarterback is. Alright, coach. Yeah, just like, yeah, we just like we all knew that little Jordan Humphrey was a playmaker before you did. It's just the fans are a little bit ahead of the coaches, and that's fine. But I think he knows who the starting quarterback is. He knows it's Sam Ellinger. And, but but the fact is you have a first world problem at a quarterback like you had when chris sims and major App white were fighting it out or vince young and chance Mock were fighting it out you don't have the case mccoy david ash quarterback competition no. or the tyrone swoops gerard hurd quarterback oh, competition man, come a exactly. long way from that so one i think that is a step in the right direction too and honestly i don't know nobody's gonna like this you know that offensive line was worn out because they were going with both you know orange and white teams it
2: had eight scholarship guys rolling you know, in and i out saw
4: some improvement on the interior on the offensive line uh man i, I think too. that's what that's where your strength is. I mean, you got Shackelford. That's where you got Vahe. Lash Rodriguez is playing. I yeah. love
2: the fact that Herb Hand, and, and anybody that has a chance to watch, I know some people have their opinions of LHN, and we've dogged LHN on yeah. this show, but the all Access was really interesting because it. you get exactly. a little glimpse of the times where I got to watch Herb Hand work with the offensive line yeah. this spring, and there's a piece in there in the all Access where he said, okay, everybody's a, everybody's a left guard today. They're doing individuals. Everybody's ooh, a left guard. So we're all going to work on do? skip pulls to the right. That's Belichickian right yeah. there. Absolutely. He wants like to he, he wants to see everybody skip pull. So, Rod, I just well, love the fact that the you know Todd Orlando did this on defense, and yeah, he, and he reiterated it when I asked him about depth uh, the last time he was available. I guess it was the Thursday before the spring game, and he said, we're still in a situation where we just want our four best linebackers to where if somebody goes down, I don't want to say, you're the backup rover, you're in. It might be, hey, you're the backup B-backer, so we'll put you in at B, but B, you go to rover, because yeah. you're really, so that way you've got your best linebackers on the field. This is time. why
4: Malcolm Roach is big.
2: Exactly. That's where I think Herb Hand's trying to get the offensive Not I think I know that's where he's trying to get the offensive line to, to where if, if Zach something happens to Zach Shackelford, he doesn't want to say, okay, who's my backup center? He says, no, Derek Kerstetter, you go from right tackle to center. Denzel Okafor, oh, yeah. you go from backup left tackle to now you're the starting right tackle.
4: Yeah, to take it back to Connor Williams, I think that's why now, what used to be a negative in his critique, now has become more of a positive. It's like, he can play four positions on the mm-hmm. offensive line. I heard some scout say that the other day. I was like, oh, back two months ago, it was like, we don't know what he's going to play guard at tackle but now people are looking at it how the cowboys are kind of looking at it. they signed cameron fleming to switch tackle from the patriots mm-hmm. um you know what i mean they're, they're they got Lyle collins who can play guard or tackle that's i think where the offensive line is going period yeah it you know, should be you know what yeah. i mean And
3: what you're saying right there is more telling of the person viewing it that way than necessarily because we'll find out once the draft happens how these other teams view it because how you're saying it's a strength and you look at like texas if you were to have uh how you compart instead of having your multiplicity have a car compartmentalized backup centered. that is obvious drop off if you now don't have that safety net to come in now you have that glaring hole that's going to be exploited over and over and over and when you talk about lack of depth and all those things this is just like in baseball where a guy like marwin gonzalez for the astros last year was so invaluable because no matter which batter which you know position first base or third base or outfield or a lefty or a righty he's a switch he can be that guy that backs up and fills it so then your fill in guy what used to be maybe a guy you were afraid to play or or weren't even going to play and then mm-hmm. was forced into injury and now is a cavernous hole that the defense is going to constantly exploit. Yep. Instead, you're still pretty good. You're serviceable there, and if you have a lot of these guys that fill that net, it just gives you that multiplicity, and we, that's why we talk about how much we loved Muschamp and why Muschamp's right. defenses have the ability against different opponents to always be successful because they sort of just go and mix and be able to I don't know, meld together at what the opponent is doing against them. Yeah.
2: Rod, something I want to throw at you real quick that I just thought of. Is it almost where you have to, and we've seen the Cowboys do this a little bit with the way they value their offensive line. Yeah. Where Zach, Martin, about
4: drafting another one this year. Right, where Zach round. is,
2: I mean, if the, the best player, I mean, as a Cowboys fan, i paid a lot of attention to the Cowboys draft. I mean, if the best player falls to them, if they stay at 19, mm-hmm. I mean, if Will Hernandez falls to them and he's the best player on their board, then why not? Yeah, take him, yeah. Um, but aside from that, you, you've seen them do this with Zach Martin. Zach Martin can play really anywhere up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lyle Collins is a guy that's a tackle or a guard. Uh, Travis Frederick could play center or guard. Yep. Is it almost where? And I know I'm talking about the NFL level, but you take it back to college, and we heard and we've heard Tom Herman and Todd Orlando talk about, hey, you know, basically you think about guys Alabama's had like Tank Cody and guys like that, or Mount yeah. Cody, guys that so the, the 350 pound yeah. nose is a thing of the past because with tempo offenses and and you, the need for versatility on your defense to mm-hmm. combat these offenses, and you can So is it almost the same offensive line wise where now you're not looking for? You think about some of those offensive linemen Oklahoma had like Duke Robinson, just a big
4: sloppy, you know, Mm -hmm. 350 pound guys. Big space, taking up space. Right. You almost have to have to have a
2: situation where you have to start identifying as much versatility Mm -hmm. as possible with your offensive line because that's what now you're starting to see across from you and I don't want to pick on it, but a guy like Patrick Vahe, like your 230 pound, like, or your 320 pound, like, Mm -hmm. road grading mauler left guard, that guy's starting to get phased out in in favor of, you know, a guy like Zach Martin, who yep. has a lot more versatility, mm-hmm. more reach, yeah. uh, has the ability to reach, block great feet. So basically, yeah, yeah you're just combating versatility with well, versatility. let's
4: not, not just take it to the Cowboys, take it to the Texans, too. Another organization, also in the state of Texas, that our fans uh, listening care about, mm-hmm. they just signed, because they're upgrading on the offensive line, just signed Senio Calamente, mm-hmm. um, who is a tackle, I believe, but he can play both tackle positions. And they signed Zach Fulton, a guard who played at Kansas City, who can play guard. And center, so I don't think it's just. I think that the Cowboys kind of led the way by investing draft, high draft capital in these guys early on. I think everybody now in the Patriots, we mm-hmm. know that because Cameron Fleming came from the Patriots uh, and he was he was playing right tackle and left tackle. That you, you know, versatility has got to be yes. a. It's got to be an asset for anybody and for for someone to say that. Oh, we don't know if this guy is a linebacker or a safety, and consider that to be a criticism, hmm. uh, something negative rather than a positive in this day and in football, to me, is, like ludicrous. It's like, yep. what, the, what are you talking about? It's like Shaquem Griffin, right? The one-handed player. Like, mm-hmm. we don't know if he's a linebacker, could be a safety. It's like, well, that's actually, I love that. That's yeah. right, I love that. I mean, back up that, both positions. You know, who's going to have a hard time identifying him as a safety or a linebacker? The quarterback mm-hmm. who is, right? <laughs> <laughs> that he's a, he's across <laughs> from. It's like, is that guy a linebacker? See so what the hell is he doing? Yeah, so I, I don't. I think now people are starting to figure that out. That that's a that's like that's an asset. And yeah, like, I mean, it's the negative. same
3: thing every single night when you've been watching the NBA playoffs the last few Honey weeks. weeks. I I mean, assets, we too, were yeah. talking just yeah. what two years ago, Jeff, about Hassan Whiteside' hundred million dollar contract. He's getting ran off the court because of Ursan Ilyasova because they'll go yeah. small at center when Embiid's exactly. injured. And now you can't even play your hundred. Yeah. And that's an athletic, fast seven footer, yeah. and he's still too slow for the he's game. Not and it's the same. He, he can't get up and down the court yeah. fast enough. Uh, by yeah. the time he gets down there, they're already scoring, and he has to run back. And it's the same thing he's saying that with these modern offense and these linemen, yeah. and, you're running a tempo and hurry up. Like exactly. you're just trying to lug and they're sitting there waiting yeah. for homeboy to get into his and stance. it's like, oh,
4: that big man's tired? Let's run the dive right and at it, him, it, please, it Exactly. So so, and it's like the guy that's 50 pounds less than him and not as strong. Well, you know what? We're on our 12th play on this drive. You done anyway. It don't well, matter. Exactly. Could, Matt Bullock could block you.
3: Because <laughs> you're, you're winded at that point. <laughs> exactly, and then yeah. when you see like a big guy like that get played off of the field, it's just befuddling when you look at it. But it really makes total sense when you put together the entire gameplay of each one. And they can still be very valuable in certain matchups and be a rosterable spot. It's just not that that it's a necessity. The necessity is almost to be versatile first, then to be that one specialized tool. You can still have that specialized tool. just might not be used as much.
2: All right, break time on the show, but coming up next, more Texas football talk as we continue breaking down the spring game, what we liked, what we didn't like, and where the Longhorns go from here before the September 1st season opener against Merritt. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns, 247.com.
0: Welcome back to Loghorn Blitz with Horns247.com once again, Jeff Howe.
2: Rod, I'm not just saying this because we saw him punching a couple touchdowns, but getting back to the Texas run game, when you talk about you've got to figure something out. Yeah, man. And, and I know they're bringing in Trey Watson from Cal. They brought him in on, a, an, yeah, on an official visit. Yeah, that would visit. be great and, if he can and, come in. Look but I think the thing Texas is a little worried about is he's about to go to LSU, and LSU has a pressing need for running back. So I mean, now you're competing with another program, but the bottom line is, I don't, you're, you're not, and we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, so like you said, Rod, this isn't a surprise. I mean, there's not, you know Jamal Charles or Cedric Benson's not walking. Through that door between now and September first. Mm-hmm, so you got to make do with mm-hmm. what you got, and until we see something from Keontae Ingram, there you go. Uh, little Humphrey Humphrey's probably the most explosive playmaker you've got from the backfield. And Tom mm-hmm.
4: Harmon seemed a little uh, put off by the, the questions from the media. A little, there. okay, uh, yeah, man. You got what he was let me tell you what it. happened. This you is the one. About it,
2: this was the one post game. The that one post game availability I yeah. didn't go to because it awkward. was a deal where you know the way our site structure, Bobby didn't write, so I had to have mine like yeah. up immediately. And I told I told Chip. I said, Chip. You just go down there. I was like, I'll stay up here and I'll finish this and make sure everything's functioning. And then, but I heard it. They had piped it into yeah. the press box and I heard it. And uh, I believe it was Brian Davis from the Statesman that asked the mm-hmm. question about, you know, your goal line run game. Should they be able to, I, I'm paraphrasing here. I don't want to ascribe something to Brian that he didn't say, but it was yeah. like, you know, shouldn't your running game, if it's improved, be able to, to punch it in from there with that, You know, yeah. within three tries? Exactly. And uh, yeah, Tom Herman was not pleased at all. He was, you know, of the opinion. He was offended almost. Yeah, it it pretty seemed much, like he's yeah.
4: offended. Yeah, but. I, just my, you know. And a paraphrase
2: here. He said, do you think three plays really describe sums up what we've been able to do this spring?
4: Uh, I thought so. And he started asking a media question. He asked that question to, like, members of the media. Yeah. yeah. He asked it to Anwar. I think he asked it to Chip. asked to a lot of guys. I, I, I want to hear it. Of course it does. I mean, you couldn't punch it in from there. And remember, last year, Sam Ellinger was trying to punch it in because no running basket could punch <laughs> it in. He fumbles on the goal line with uh, versus USC. Also, you have to throw it versus Oklahoma. Oklahoma State on the goal line because you don't have confidence your running game can do it and Sam throws a pick. Mm-hmm. These are things that relate. I know like he gets offended by it because we overanalyze and of yeah, course we ju- overanalyze. Ju- ju- yeah. game, but no, no, no. It was a valid point. Like I agree. They put little Jordan and he he actually did punch it in the yeah. way the other guys could not. No, it's a valid point.
3: Yeah, I think that one could be engineered differently because I could easily see though Herman accurately saying that. Well, yeah, we didn't punch it in. That doesn't mean we haven't improved the run game like those three. I totally understand understand where he would be coming from in that situation, just being like, oh yeah, you're using those three-play sample as a way to define what I said as inaccurate, I would say that I would probably have a same reaction, but that's where everybody it has a different fake. opinion. It wasn't fake news. Yeah. I think he
4: tried to make it out to ah, be fake See, news. I
3: didn't take it, I didn't see it. I think the, he tried that. to
4: make it out to be like it was fake news. Like, oh, we we did that because we were experimenting. It's like, no, you couldn't punch it in. Well, You see, could not punch it in. That's yeah. where the you wouldn't cl- have punched it in, that would have been the big story. No, but the that's, that's where the question that you couldn't punch it in. If I, you
3: say that question though like you can easily say uh, how is the running game improved and if that's what your question wants to be not being like if you didn't weren't able to get a play in here and then it totally sort of over- overrules the you
4: point. You get the answer to the question without him thinking about that play that you Spe- actually have in mind specifically right. and that's what Brian Davis wanted to yeah. do and instead of answering the question he was offended by the question <laughs> which me that's me know funny. if you're offended by something it hits home it's yes. personal which oh, yeah. means you've been thinking about it you, you actually hurt by it I don't get offended by things that I don't give a damn about you're like Usually, no, no, no I, I running Game has improved. We're done. I that, haven't, we, that was part of our yeah. improved running game. He didn't say that. He was like, Well, you think that's indicative of a, of a running game? You think it's indicative of, of yeah. something? It's indicative of something. <laughs> the testiness
3: okay. may come from a lack of patience overall with he's just questions. upset about the
4: running game, is as upset as we are. That's yes. the point. Yeah. He's upset about right. it too. And that's he's right. trying to act like yeah. it ain't nothing. It's like, No, dog, your, your running game sucks. Your running game is terrible. It's horrible. It mm-hmm. is really, really bad, historically bad. And he won't admit it. And that is upsetting members of the meet. And now I got to ask yeah. the question. You There's nothing wrong saying? I, I, I agree with you, be but better. you're right because we all know it's just the most obvious thing about this damn team is that they have no running game. Like mm-hmm. it is a bad running game. You got a bad running game in the Big Twelve, dude. It ain't like the Big Twelve is full of like bosses in the front seven. Right. So yeah, I mean I agree with that.
2: And I think the the fact that you're what's amplifying the problem is you don't have a game breaker running back, and your offensive mm-hmm. lines a work in progress. So you're when you're above average or you're below average at best in both those
4: areas, you're gonna have a below average at best running game. Sam American led the team in rushing yards again in the spring game, so which is exactly like, yeah. what happened last. Year. It's like yeah. okay, this is the same offense from last year, and I think that upsets him a little bit. But I think the passing game is going to be better. I think the wide receivers are going to be better, which offers the question we can talk about it next podcast. Are you going to start using the pass game to open up the run game, or you going to have to be one of those teams until Keontae Ingram, you know, and Trey Watson, if he comes over here, until they come of age and they they gain some confidence, are you going to do that to win games? Because your wide receiver right now, that's your position. You got to get the ball. You gotta yeah. get the ball in their hands because mm-hmm. those are your playmakers. If now you giving. To these guys in the backfield, dude, you're gonna lose games. I guarantee you I get can't to see believe... those guys in the wide receiver unit, you're gonna win games.
2: I can't believe I'm about to say this. That's I simple. would I would rather have the ball in the hands of Andrew Beck or Reese Leto on, on a critical down than just about anybody at running back. Right. So
4: when we get to so I wonder you're gonna have more play action on first down, you're gonna have more quick uh high percentage passes on first down, more rhythmic passes on first down, just to you know get the ball in the hands of your playmakers who are in the receiving unit rather than trying to, you know, establish the running game. Let that be an extension of the running game, and then let the running game feed off the passing game, which is a risk because your quarterback situation is not necessarily that solidified. You know right.
2: what I mean? We will so, get yeah. uh, more, more in-depth into the spring game next week. Also, we'll reset the draft, recap it uh, once we know where all these lifetime longhorns are going. Anybody that signs free agent contracts, oh, you know, the Jason Halls, the Antoine Davises, mm-hmm. the, the Chris Warrens of the world. The Armani, Armani Foremans of the Armani world. Foreman that I mean, are looking to maybe, too. Some, maybe get, a, get a camp look mm-hmm. from some. Somebody this, uh, Tristan late the spring, this, maybe, his size is he's, just so he's I got heard a, He's got bring a, up
4: his size. He's got to at least be a camp, right? Because he's somebody. what six, 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 eight. Yeah, dude. I've <laughs> he heard likes. scouts just say, I heard y'all got a six, seven guy coming out. It's not gonna get drafted. I was like, yeah, he's there. He's, he's like that mountain the, on Game of Thrones. Off but off the bus <laughs> guy that they talk <laughs> about. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, can, he, can the mountain block somebody or is he only killing people? We don't know. Well,
3: well, uh, yeah. wasn't Andre
4: the Giant with the football team mm once? He was, yes. Well, because that size, you're a scout, you go, I'll give you a spot. On the roster, if you want to come, come play football, I mean, you got to. Only stupid not to do that. Mark Henry, I'm sure got a spot on the roster. when he Yeah, was think about that. Like, okay, you want to you want to play some football? Think
3: about a modern coach telling Andre the Giant that oh, you just don't fit the modern game, man. You can't get up and do it. <laughs> he
4: he probably played too high. I can say his pad level sucked. I can say, Martin, Andre the Giant's pad level was
1: terrible, <laughs> yes. terrible. But he was a damn giant. Was a <laughs> hey
5: there, it's Reese and Irvy from, from the, the franchise, franchise concept, Reese, Reese and Irvy's. Irby. By now, you've heard about our patented frozen yogurt vending robots that serve seven flavors of delicious frozen yogurt with six amazing toppings in less than 60 seconds.
1: To date, we've sold over 200 franchises, 1,000 robots, and we're officially labeled as one of the hottest franchise opportunities of 2018.
5: With no employees, no rent, no brick-and-mortar shops, just fully automated robots that work for you and deliver instant customer satisfaction.
1: Revenue for you, smiles for them. We secure our franchisees' high foot traffic locations like Cinema hotels, tourist attractions, colleges, and malls. From installation to instant sensation, we provide you all the tools for Froyo success.
5: No experience is necessary, and full and part-time franchise opportunities are available.
1: To find out if your territory is still available, go to FroyoFranchising.com to learn more, and be sure to enter promo code 2323. That's FroyoFranchising.com, promo code 2323.
5: Brian, I don't know how else to say this, so I'll just say it.
1: What is it, Linda?
5: I think we should see other people.
1: Are you breaking up with me on a roller coaster?
5: Well, we do have a lot of fun. Maybe we should stay together.
0: (coughs) An emotional roller coaster? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to GEICO.
5: I just need a little me time.
0: (coughs) GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hi, Tom Baudet, coming to you from one of those open offices. They're designed to make it easier to share ideas and, apparently, the details of Cody the Intern's love life. So if you're looking for some space to call your own, try Motel 6. They have the low prices you've come to expect, plus the peace and quiet you so desperately crave. I'm Tom Baudet for Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. And, Cody, you can do better. Book online at motel6.com
5: mederma quick dry oil is now preferred by consumers over bio oil for its faster and more complete absorption quick dry oil is multi-purpose helping improve the look of skin scars and stretch marks plus it contains a unique blend of nourishing botanicals in a paraben and dye-free formulation with fast absorbing lightweight oils to hydrate and improve the look of skin visit mederma.com to find out more Hey there, it's Reese and Irvy from From the the Franchise franchise Concept concept, Reese Reese and and Irvy's. By now you've heard about our patented frozen yogurt vending robots that serve seven flavors of delicious frozen yogurt with six amazing toppings in less than 60 seconds.
1: To date, we've sold over 200 franchises, 1,000 robots, and we're officially labeled as one of the hottest franchise opportunities of 2018.
5: With no employees, no rent, no brick and mortar shops, just fully automated robots that work for you and deliver instant customer satisfaction. Revenue for you Smiles for them.
1: We secure our franchisees' high foot traffic locations like cinemas, hotels, tourist attractions, colleges, and malls. From installation to instant sensation, we provide you all the tools for Froyo success.
5: No experience is necessary, and full and part time franchise opportunities are available.
1: To find out if your territory is still available, go to FroyoFranchising.com to learn more and be sure to enter promo code 2323. That's FroyoFranchising.com, promo code 2323. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with
0: Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. For
3: Matt, for Rod, for Travis, the best
2: damn videographer in <laughs> a podcast game. For everybody at the Austin Radio Network, on hey, the I Horn, do. AM, 1260, That's the cool. Horn app, hornfm.com, where you can hear Rodby <laughs> on the Rodcast each and every weekday. Same from with Fred. And thanks to Matt, you get us on iTunes, TuneIn, mm. any podcast app out there, and you can get all of our archives, interviews, everything else, all the good stuff, on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page.
3: Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz.
2: For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode.